I'm Mitchell Vandenberg. And I'm David Scarlatescu. And welcome to Back to the Scene. A home for movie lovers that want to stay up to date on all things entertainment. Whether you're a super fan or a casual fan, we got you covered. We talk about a wide range of topics, including film, TV shows, and all things relevant to movie pop culture. So sit back, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get back to the scene. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Back to the Scene. This is our end of the year 2022 best of four films of 2022. We're wrapping up 2022, which has been a blast of a year, especially uh just all the new releases that could not be released during COVID times. So it's been a good year. And I think 2023 is going to be even bigger. Yeah, it's bonkers. So uh, yeah, really excited to kickstart the list. I think I'm going to start this one off. We'll get straight into it without further further ado. Um, oh, it's top five list, by the way. Yes, top five best movies of the year. Um, so at number five for me, I am putting... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Ooh. Some of you may be wondering, why is this on the list? If you didn't really like it, some of you may be wondering, why isn't it higher on the list? There were, there were a few things that kind of stood out to me as the year went on. Obviously, there are a lot of good movies to pick from throughout the year. This was another good, good movie right after Spider-Man No Way Home. It was pretty soon after, so it was kind of cool to see the continuation of that saga, um, especially after all the shenanigans that went down in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't feel the same. I didn't feel the same nostalgia with the, you know, with the multiverse characters that they chose and the bringing back of Professor Xavier. It didn't give me that same vibe that I felt with uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and all the all the villains as well. I mean, they're also technically different versions of those characters, not the same ones. Yeah, except for Professor Xavier. Well, I guess Professor Xavier is different. Yeah, different but, version, yeah. but same actor. I don't know. It's just, I didn't mind the way they did the movie. I actually thought it was a really good movie, which is why I made my list. I really liked it. It just, it was not the most memorable that I think it could have been. And it wasn't even the best Marvel movie that this year, in my opinion. Okay. Um, but Overall, I would say good enough to make the top five list. There were a lot of things I did like. I did like that they showed the sheer power of Scarlet Witch. She was a great villain. Uh, and I do like the way that Sam Raimi kind of, you know, directed and, and, and wrote. Well, did he write? I don't think he, I don't think, I don't think he, he did. I don't think, he but I like the way that he portrayed it. Was Michael it. Like, Waldron, I think wrote it. Yeah. One of, one of the more, one of the most memorable scenes for me or, two memorable scenes was one breaking professor Xavier's neck as the like demon. That was crazy. And then also when she's kind of like limping through, like kind of all, all bloody and with mm-hmm. the oil, like just, it would give me very kind of horror thriller vibes, which is really interesting. Also, there's that scene um, where they're in uh Comertage and she's kind of chasing him and she's like going through like the mirrors and like the reflections. Oh, yeah. And she's like kind of, um, an exorcist kind of character where like her, the way she's like, her body is like crippling and like she uncripples. Yeah. Yeah, That was good. So yeah, lots of memorable moments. Uh, I definitely liked seeing some more Dr. Strange powers and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. And then, um, I didn't mind the final Dr. Strange versus evil strange battle. Like a lot of people did. Everyone was, 
you know, attacking the musical notes moment where they're shooting musical notes. I don't know. I thought I upon was, watching was, it again, I actually thought it was pretty good. I didn't I didn't dislike it at all. I so, like that. And you know, I like the I like all the talk about um uh what do they refer to it when it like a universe collapses on itself? Incursion. Incursion event. Yeah. So the incursion of I like the explanations of that. I thought they did a good job and I think it leads really nicely into what Marvel's gonna be doing with uh, phase five as well. Okay. All right. Is it back to me now? Yes, sir. Or now. Okay. My number five on my list. I don't think you've seen it, but it came out April 8th of this year. Directed by Michael Bay. Ambulance. I really wanted to see it. I really wanted to see it. It made the top five. Hey, it made the top. Honestly, coming out of that movie, I I want to go see it with my brother. And that movie is like a very strong... Uh, the theme of it is that, that brotherly connection. So that was, I kind of like am into more films where they kind of have that theme as part of the central driving force part of the movie. Yeah. So I'm kind of a sucker for that. But man, the action in that movie is so good. Love or hate him, Michael Bay knows how to direct action. Yes. And you may have to suspend your disbelief about like, you know, driving an ambulance in LA. There's no traffic on the road, that kind of thing. But it's the, t- the tension is so high in this movie because there is scenes where you're like on the edge of your seat. Are they going to make this? Are they going to, how, how is this going to resolve? Because it's not like the stereotypical hero versus villain save the day. It's like, these guys are criminals. They're kind of the bad guys. And you're rooting for them. Yeah. How are they going to get out of this? How is it solved? Um, that it's for the audience experience that it concludes nicely and it delivers it is, it's a very fun ride. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I'll definitely have to watch that actually. Cause it's definitely on my list. It's something I wanted to. One more story about well. Yeah. Yeah. Hit it. So I went with my brother and one of my brother's friends. Okay. We came out of the theater. He said, that is the worst movie I've ever seen. And we're laughing cause we thought he was joking cause we loved it so much. And he oh, was the brother's serious. friend did not like it. He at hated all, it. Eh? Wow. Absolutely hated it. What did he not like about it? Did he say? Well, because he's, he's in the military and there's a lot of like military talk and like how guns work and stuff like that. And he's like, this is all BS. You would never like actually do that. So like a lot of like the technical military part of that is kind of all far fetched. So okay. it's just, he's just like rolling his eyes the entire time. But for me, right over the head, cause I don't know any of that. I'm not going to lie. People that do that kind of bug me sometimes. Cause at the end of the day, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you're not watching a documentary. Like it's a movie. It is. It is a fun ride. It kind of feels the same vein of speed. Have you seen the Keanu Reeves movie Speed? No. It's very similar to that. Okay. No, I, I like Michael Bay. He's done a great job with the Transformer movies. So I can imagine that he would. He knows, like you said, he knows how to direct action. There's a lot of drone shots. Like, dude, there's shots of like the drone that kind of fly up and they do this like 360 upside down thing underneath vehicles. It's, it's insane. Oh, really cool. He, 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 really cool. He loves his drone shots in this movie. There's a lot. I like it. I'll have to look into that for sure. Uh, and I like Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor, so Mm -hmm. it should be good. Uh, moving on to number four. I, I, I think I just, Unfortunately, I just realized that Doctor Strange was on my honorable mentions list oh and I read it goodness. as number five. <laughs> so you're going to do five and four now? I'm going to do five and four now. At number five, I have the Batman. Mm. So I know some people might rank this a lot higher. Everyone thought it was really good. Uh, again, I thought it was good. 
I just don't think it was the best movie of the year. I definitely thought it was decent. Uh, upon looking at it again and watching it again, I do like the score. I do like the detective nature. There were just some dead spots for me in it. It was a little long for you? It, it was longer than it needed to be. I don't mind a long movie. Mm-hmm. I can sit through a long movie. I will sit through a three and a half, four hour movie if it deserves to be that long. I just think that it did not need to be that long. I really... I stand by that. Uh, other than that, I thought had some really cool action sequences. I love the, the, the Batmobile. I love the car chase scene with the penguin. I loved his suit. His suit was unreal. And I, I liked Robert Pattinson. I liked the role that he played. I know he got some, you know, some kick or some backlash for the, emo kind of look to him but i i think it portrayed the story and where bruce wayne is as a person at that time really well and boy did i love the riddler as a villain oh he, he was, was great phenomenal just weirdly eerie and terrifying and in control but not at the same time it was it was it was cool it was joker-esque without being the joker as well they did a really good job portraying the riddler so Good job all around, and yes, that is my number five, and then I'm going to jump to the number four now immediately. Recently watched, actually, a few days ago, my number four is Glass Onion. Really? Yes. Funny enough, my number four is also Glass Onion. (laughs) Okay, well, let's just talk about it then, because I really, really liked Glass Onion. Have you seen Knives Out? No, I was looking for it on Netflix, and it wasn't there. Oh, okay. So tell me right now... Because it wasn't hard to follow, but basically Daniel Craig is the only uh, similar thing between Knives Out and Glass Onion. Yeah, right? he's so the, he's the, his detective character is in Knives Out and also in Glass correct. Onion. Correct. That's the only okay. continuing thread. It's basically okay. just the Knives Out universe is just following Daniel Craig's detective character yeah. in different scenarios. Yeah. No, I, I I thought it was phenomenally done. They they took murder mystery to a completely out of this world level. I loved the constant constant plot twists oh, it yeah. was just plot twist after plot twist edge of your seat stuff the entire time plus like it's the beginning the first half is done in such a way that when you rewatch it yes again for the second half like it is you can be perceived in both ways so sub- like from the perspective shift so subtly it works both ways funny you say that funny you say that we fell asleep a few of us because we watched it so late before the end of the movie so we watched it on christmas eve we rewatched it basically from the start on New Year's, or New Year's, on Christmas Eve, we rewatched it. And on New, on Christmas Day, I almost did it again. Christmas Day, we rewatched it basically from the start. And you're totally right. You pick up on all the little subtleties. It was mm-hmm. insane. So, no, I really, really liked Knives Out. It was edge of your seat stuff. And like I said, constantly, you think something's happened and then it doesn't. And then you think it goes this way and it goes a different way and it's just yeah plus like the all the actors the acting is top tier it is it's it is, really it's good it's a great ensemble cast mm-hmm. like i know the first knives out also like they won an award for like best ensemble cast yeah and this one i would say the same like the chemistry between the, like, all the characters is fantastic no it was and they're just so fun to watch it, it really was it really was and the way everything was explained and put together and everything was tied up so nicely at the end of it that was just done in such a satisfying way mm-hmm. and you didn't feel like it was going to be but it did and it was it was good it was really good so yes glass onion 
Joint number four. Yep. Anything else on Glass Onion? I think that's it. Wow. I feel like my list is going now, so now fast now. Now it's so to you again. Now it's back to me again. Uh, so my number three, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Okay. Now, some of you may be asking, why is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever so high on his list? So two reasons. I will actually start before I go with the two reasons why I think it was the third best movie of the year. I will go into the things that I potentially didn't like so much about it. So obviously there were some, some issues with Shuri taking over the mantle um, from a lot of people. I didn't have a problem with her being the Black Panther. I thought that's totally fine. And I really liked the way they actually transitioned that whole process. There's a little issue I have with the stabbing at the end of the final battle. Okay. That is a bit of a thing that, and I know Stretch it's not, vote. yeah, I know it's not soup, but she got stabbed. It wasn't like a light stab. Like that was a pretty, it was a bad, that was stab. a pretty bad stab wound. So I'd like to get a little bit of an explanation why just walks away right out. Yeah. Just completely walked away. Is there tech in the suit that fixed it? I'm assuming hopefully, but yeah, that's a, yeah, it was, it like was a, a big one for me. Like right. It was it like, off to the side, it was like dead center. I, I don't know. And it was, Either way, and it was still- just not really explainable for me. So that was, that was, I think, one of the, the harder things to get around. But other than that, I mean, I really like the way that they honored Chadwick in the movie. I think they did it in, I was worried about it at the start because of how they just didn't explain anything. He's just gone all of a sudden. They did it so quickly and abruptly from the start. But as the movie went on, you realized that it was a tribute and they were going to explain it and revisit that. Because I really thought at the beginning, I was disappointed to see that they were just going to kind of walk past it. But they really revisited it throughout mm-hmm. the movie. And especially at the end, it was. It, I just think they did a really good job honoring Chadwick and 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 his impact in the MCU in the movie in a really tasteful way. And I do like Shuri's character development throughout it. It was a I very good like strong, did, it was a very strong arc. Yeah. I really don't think that she had very strong character development leading up to this movie in a way that people were ready for her to take on the mantle. But by the time the movie was over, you realize she is the right person to take it on and, and I'm ready to back it. Um, so I really, really liked that character arc and just the whole thing with the the creating the synthetic flower and finally that happens when she's actually ready for real ready and i like that they did more deaths i like that they killed off the mother as well i Mm -hmm. don't think that everyone needs i've been saying this since the start of this podcast i don't think that everyone needs to survive in marvel constantly it's okay to kill off characters and give them a good sending off and i thought Mm -hmm. they did a good job with that but the icing on the cake for this movie, and we've discussed this before, Namor yes. was such a good villain. He was great. I don't care what people say. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but my goodness, was he ever a good villain? Just a perfect combination of anti-hero and villain that you empathize with, that you really feel for them, and you you don't quite root for them. You're not quite there to root for them, but... You're just, you really want to, Mm -hmm. you really want to, and you don't know how you feel about them losing. 
And I think they gave him a good sending off in the end. I like the fact that they didn't just kill no. off his character. I, I think it'll but be But David, you just said that again. everyone can't survive all the time. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's the one exception. Well, it's not that. It's, I guess with villains, they, most of the villains die that's, anyway. That's the thing. The villains die in the end. My, my thing is I like surprises and I like not continuous survival. I mean, Namor got one part in one movie. But certain characters have been around for a long time that frankly... Don't need to be there? Don't need to be there all the time and but yes namor honestly i would say geez i would definitely put him in my top three marvel villains of all time he's that good in my opinion i thought it was phenomenally done and i liked his his power his um you know the way he went into battles the his his mannerisms the just the overall way they wrote him and the way the actor acted that performance just phenomenal so namor icing on the cake for me and number three black panther wakanda forever okay my number three we talked about it but mine's the batman for my number three okay just really brief things i really liked about it was just the style of it is so different than the other batmans it's a very good reintroduction of the character skipping over the origin story I really felt like I was reading an issue or I read or watching an episode of like the Batman, the anime series, because like he is Batman, the majority of the film. He's yeah. never really Bruce Wayne. Like we're watching a movie about Batman, which I really loved. Great epic fight sequences, probably like the best fight sequences ever in Batman movies, I would say yeah. in this film. And yeah, the score is great. It's great. Loved it. Loved it. Another thing you mentioned that we've talked about in previous episodes as well, but I'll reiterate it again. DC does not need any more origin stories for Batman and Superman. And I think they really showed off what they could do with a movie, like you said, all about the character mm-hmm. after they've already become the character. And I just, the, the origin story is so, so beaten. It, it, everyone knows how Batman became Batman. We do not need to go go over it again and again and again. So yes, I really liked it. And I think that added a lot to it. If it was in Nolan's case with the trilogy important. And at that time, I don't think it was overdone. Well, yeah. Also at that point too, there hasn't really been a deep dive into Batman's origin. No, because Michael Keaton's Batman is a quick flashback. He's already Batman at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I guess in Ben Affleck, maybe, maybe that character, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that character isn't, I guess I think everyone knows Batman. So I think from that perspective, I didn't really need an origin story or Mm. maybe Nolan did it so well that maybe we don't feel like we need it anymore because at the end of the day, we don't need to know how he got his powers. We know he's a billionaire that just uses his wealth to buy all the gear. And also at the same time too, I mean, the main thing, it's like, we don't really care about his training, I guess, really other than he trained. It's more of his parents died as a kid and he's, being Batman to vengeance yeah. for that. And even if you didn't even know anything about Batman, it tells you that in this movie because they reference it so much. Yeah. You can't, it's su- such an important fiber of Batman's being. It's going to be constantly mentioned all the time. And I like, so the, really to and I like the battle within portion. You can see the, the trauma he's going through in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a, I think that was a big factor. So yes, good one. Okay, David, you're number two. My number two has it in the title as well. Okay. Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Mm. So, yeah. It was I don't I don't know what else to 
I don't know what else to say other than this movie was exactly what it was built up to be. It delivered on the hype, and I still stand by that. And the CGI was perfect. The story arc was perfect. The character development was perfect. I loved it. And I'll say it again. They delivered on it. They delivered exactly on what everyone's expectations were. And that's a hard thing to do, especially with the massive expectations that were going into this movie. But we have a whole episode talking about Avatar. Yeah, so, so we know if you exactly haven't what seen it, go back and watch a review of Avatar The Way of Water. Yeah, I think it was two or three episodes ago. But yeah, it's I don't need to I don't need to uh, go into that again. It was it was perfect. It was well done. Yeah. My number two, which is I know also your number one, so we're gonna cross <laughs> uh, talk about that. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Yeah. What a movie. Yeah. So like you said, what goes into my number one, so it's back to back. Um my goodness. I I don't know what more to say about this. It's it's honestly one of those movies that is just I don't want to say perfect, but like it's in, perfect in the sense of I'll say it's it, hard, it perfect. It's hard for this not to enjoy this movie. I feel like it's even so even if hard. you watch me like worst case scenario, I'd feel most people like yeah, it was pretty good. Worst case scenario. And what was so but cool? It was, it, yeah. What was so cool too is they delivered on it for they delivered on it for fans of the movie from the eighties, and they delivered on it for new fans that maybe have never seen it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect for both. And it was just. Yeah, the the stunts, the cinematography in it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't walk into this. I watched Top Gun, the the first Top Gun, a week before watching this one for the first time. Mm-hmm. I did not go into this one with massive expectations. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, another feel-good American hurrah movie about military and war. But my goodness, did it deliver. And I watched it two more times in theater. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely unbelievable. My only regret is that I didn't watch it in D box for at least the second or the third time that I went to see it, where the seats move and you can feel like maybe that'd be a good movie for that. I feel like if anything, that would be yeah, that would be the movie to watch. But yeah, the 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 character development in that movie and the the acting the the edge of your seat moments the the one that gives me the goosebumps i got to say is when they release tom cruise as the trainer they're like hey you're not going to do this anymore we're going to do it our way which is probably going to involve casualties mm-hmm. because nobody thinks that it can be done the way that you want to fly it and then he steals a jet and does it <laughs> And he does it with time to spare. And you're like, what? And then they're just like, yeah, you're no longer uh, teaching the mission. You're now leading it. Like, I know. Right. And then you're like, whoa, plot twist even further. And I mean, at the same yeah. time, it's like, how can you not? Tom Cruise. He has to. He has to. <laughs> he has to he be has a part to. of the run. He has to. And then he picks his team and it's the un- the unsuspecting team. And does he pick Rooster? Does he not mm-hmm. with the, with the background? And he does. And then we get the moment with the two of them where he goes back for him. And oh, the Maverick, it's not the, the moment plane, in the old, the, pilot. the 1980s jet. Yep. The Maverick, it's, it's not the jet. It's the pilot. Oh, it's just the payoff is so, so good by the end of it. And then when you feel all hope is lost, who comes in to save the day, but the guy that you were basically taught not to like in the movie, mm-hmm. Hangman. 
and he does not leave them hanging. And it was good. No, it was, it was phenomenal. It had the ups and the downs, the edge of your seat excitement, the great cinematography, the original score, the phenomenal score. Just, yeah. Perfect. (laughs) My number one. How do you top that? Okay. Uh, this is, this is a plot twist. Ready for this one? Probably. (laughs) I actually don't even know what it is. I can't wait. Oh yeah. Uh, this is going to be good because you definitely have not seen this film. You probably don't even know it exists. Okay. Okay. It was a Netflix film. Yep. Um, big, uh, thing right up front. I'm a huge fan of this franchise. So that's kind of also a huge (laughs) reason why I like this movie. But it is <clears throat> Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Number one. <laughs> you know what? When you, said I, when you said I'm a huge fan of the franchise, I knew immediately. <laughs> I knew immediately. Yeah. So why this movie is my number one spot. I don't know where to begin because I can talk about this for like a half an hour. And like no one else I've seen or know like watch seen this movie. So like I've been holding this in for like six months. So here we go. <laughs> Buckle up, David. I didn't even know it was released. <laughs> August 3rd, it came out the same day as Prey and Bullet Train. And I was like, oh, I was going to watch Ninja Turtles. Is it a cartoon? It's 2D. It's 2D. 2D animated, yeah. Wow, okay. (laughs) So this is a, this is a, well, I guess that's what a top five list is. It's a what it means to you kind of situation. However, it is the best 2D animated film, like Western animation. Wow, you're really setting the bar high for that one. (laughs) The best 2D animated film. Oh my. Well, like, what about, like, The Lion King, Boone and the Beast? There's all that. I meant, I meant like, animation quality-wise. Okay. Like, the final fight, like, the, like, okay. Let me just begin with the character arc of Leonardo. So, you know the Ninja Turtles, right? Yes. Leonardo's always the leader. Yes. In this one, he is incredibly immature, arrogant, kind of a bit of a D-bag, to be He's honest. He's a Raphael. Pretty much. Raphael is kind of the more, this is the older one in the sense of reason. Hmm. But he's been thrust into this leadership role. And he screws things up massively. And it's kind of the plot of it is kind of a Terminator kind of style thing where Casey Jones in this version is from the future. Okay. And he comes back in time uh, to present day to warn the turtles. Basically, the world's going to end. Everyone's going to die when the crane come and invade the earth. And uh, basically, they're on a mission to find the key, stop the crane. And due to Leonardo's arrogance, thinking, oh, Casey says I'm going to be the greatest ninja warrior of all time. I got this completely messes things up royally. And it's just this wonderful arc uh, of just coming to be the person that he is meant to be because there's a scene uh, halfway through the movie where Casey and Leo are together and they're talking and then Casey's starting going off on Leo saying like, uh, Leo says, uh, you told me I'm supposed to be the greatest ninja warrior of all time. And Casey's like, well, I was wrong. You're arrogant, you're impulsive, you don't understand that every decision that you make is going to get someone killed. You know what happens in the future? Your brothers, they die. Everyone dies because of you. Or not because of you, just everyone dies. The world needs Master Leonardo, and all we got is this guy. And you can see like the look on his eyes of like the heartbreak inside. Oh, it just ooh, gives me the goosebumps. And then the decision to like finally work with his brothers, because like... Again, he was very arrogant and selfish throughout the movie and finally be able to work with his brothers to each of their unique strengths to work together. And then at the final moment where he realizes it's not about me and he's got to sacrifice himself to stop the Krang. So like there's a, the, the Krang comes through like a portal from another dimension kind of thing, similar to how the Avengers works. Yeah. And there's a moment he gives his brothers to safety 
And the only way for to like to stop the crane is for him to keep them on the other end of the portal for Casey to close it. So Leonardo makes a sacrifice play to keep the Krang, hold the Krang back in the other dimension while Casey closes the portal. And they're having this heartful moment because in the future, Leonardo's kind of like a father to him. And Casey saw them all die in the future. And then they're kind of like on the intercoms together. And he's like, Casey, you got to close the portal. I can't keep him over any longer. And then Casey's crying, trying not to like, should I, should I not? But he knows if I leave this portal open, everyone's going to die. So he locks, closes the portal, leaving Leonardo and the Krang in this other dimension. And there's this wonderful shot where the Krang throws Leonardo against like this bouldery kind of thing. And he's like, Leonardo's bloodied to the completely out of gas, like on the verge of like unconsciousness. And there's like this edge light around him. And he's like just leaning up against the, the boulder. And it's like, he's completely defeated, but at the same time he succeeded. And at that point, just like he finally became the Leonardo that we always knew. <sighs> so good. <laughs> so good. I gotta say, I, I had, I had my doubts when I heard it, but hearing you explain it, explain that back, you did a great job narrating and it's just a fantastic, you made it, you made it sound, you made it sound really good. You made it sound good. Is it Top Gun Maverick? Good. I don't know. We'll <laughs> let them decide. Yeah, you heard probably. it here first. Ninja Turtles, the 2D animation tops Top Gun Maverick for Mitchell's top five movies of 2022. It was, oh God, the, 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 the fight sequences too, like it's so, the, their use of color and it's just so fluid. And it's like, you can't do that in live action. No, I guess not. And the camera angles that they choose is great. It is, it's so kinetic is yeah. a way to describe it. I don't know if, I'm starting to think now, I don't know if we're going to be able to do a top five for next year. Top 10. <laughs> I think we'll have to do a top 10. Honestly, there's that much good stuff coming out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't seen some of the movies, but I can think of a top seven just based on what I know is being released. Um, so yeah, that's wild. Okay. No. Well, that wraps up our top five of 2022. Shall we do the honorable mentions? Sure. I'll start with my one. <laughs> Cause okay. I know you probably have like 20. No, you I, have, I, I only have three. I only have three. Oh, okay. You notice I didn't have an MCU film on my list? That's right, you didn't. I know. And my honorable mention is I'm not even going to say an MCU film. You didn't even have Avatar on your list. I know. Ninja Turtles beats Avatar for me. Okay, let's read our top five back one more time. Uh, top five, uh, Ambulance, Glass Onion, The Batman, Top Gun Maverick, and Rise of the Teenage Mutant Turtles, the movie. Wow, yeah, no MCU, hey? Mm -hmm. And my, mine... Oh, yeah, yours? Mine was... Uh, the Batman, Glass Onion, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, Avatar 2, and Top Gun Maverick. Number one. And my honorable mention would be The Fablemans. No MCU movie in the honorable mentions? <laughs> well, maybe Doctor Strange, I would say, probably be an honorable Over mentioned. Black Panther. <sighs> I would say both of them are Okay, he's close. honorable mentioning both of them at least. Okay. okay, so they didn't make the top five, but he's honorable mentioning them. The Fableman, yeah. I still have to watch that as well. It's about Steven Spielberg's life as a child. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. No. So my first one, obviously, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We heard that one. Um, my other honorable mentions are... Okay, they're questionable because they're not <laughs> movies. They're not movies. They're TV shows. Stranger Things Season 4. That's great. Yeah. I know this isn't a movie related comment around it, but it the feels, way that they it can feels like a movie. Almost. It does. It does. 
but what I'm about to say, because the episodes are so long, the episodes are movie length. Some the, of them. the final episode was like two and a half hours. I, I know that's what I mean. So it's got to be, it's got to count in there. So Stranger Things, honorable mention, great job doing season four. Um, I have to mention, I cannot believe how movies and good cinematography can bring back nostalgia and songs the way that only movies and cinematography can. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Kate Bush's song is from like the eighties and they've got everyone listening to it. Myself included Mm -hmm. running up that hill. If I could, I wonder if Kate Bush had any, like, I mean, they needed her permission. She's royalties. Oh, well, yeah. They need to contact the artist. If she's alive, I don't want to do another Bruce Lee. She's alive. alive? Okay. I don't want to have another Bruce Lee moment here. I was going to say when they use music and songs, they have to contact the artist and then like the record label. Okay. But so obviously she knows, but like be able to fathom the phenomenon that that song has become. Well, cause it fits so perfectly. I couldn't it believe does. it. That's actually, that's one of my top five. What a moments almost I would say, but it was just, it was such a good moment to watch your it's edge of your seat stuff. Seeing mm-hmm. if you have not watched stranger things season four, please stop right now. Mute it. Skip ahead two minutes or whatever is going to be left of this episode, but I'm giving you a warning right now. Cause this is a huge spoiler. If you haven't done it yet, go do it right now. Okay, so the moment when she gets Max gets picked up in the air and is hanging there, you're just edge of your seat. What is going to happen? No, they can't possibly do it. They can't possibly kill her. And then they manage to well, they managed to get the headphones on, obviously, before that. But the the internal battle between her and Vecna and then the running and then it mm-hmm. it fits with the running up the hill. And it was just, yeah. And, 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 and symbolically what it basically shows is the internal battle of mental health, basically almost is Mm -hmm. what it's, what it's metaphorically showing. And I, I just, I really liked what they did with that whole season. I think it was phenomenal and I can't wait to, I can't wait to watch season five. Last honorable mention. I'm just, we'll have to do the star Wars rating, uh, of our movies at some point, but Obi-Wan Kenobi. This started off slow, and the Star Wars fans are so, so hard to please. It is a ridiculous community. I'm sorry. I'm part of it, but my goodness, guys, we need to be better because this is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, the, anyways, I won't get into the, I won't get into that side of it, but it, yes, it started off slowish, but you needed that Obi-Wan Kenobi character development, right? The first battle between him and Vader. Yes, it was disappointing. However, it's old Obi-Wan Kenobi who hasn't swung a lightsaber in years fighting Prime Vader. Really, really hard or somewhat Prime Vader. I guess some might argue if that's his prime or not, but pretty powerful Vader who's been honing his skills. He's obviously not going to have a chance. And then... You get the full payoff. Obviously, episode five with all of the Vader stuff was insane. I mean, the guy literally grabbed a ship Mm -hmm. and brought it back down and then ripped the side off. But then, obviously, Obi-Wan Kenobi outsmarted him with the whole ship swap move. Really like that. But the final battle and then... Now, whatever you feel about the final battle, it was satisfying. And you cannot argue that. I know that Obi-Wan Kenobi got crazy powers at the end, but 
it really kind of shows the story arc again and reiterates the fact that the light side yielded in the proper way is slightly stronger than the dark side, but the dark side, you can reach a higher power faster is basically my interpretation of it at that point. Um, but the, the final dialogue was, I think what brought it all together between the two of them. I really liked the part or just the whole sequence where his helmet is yes. cracked and you hear both the Darth Vader modulated voice and Anakin's voice kind of merging overlapping. Yes. And simultaneously you have the glow from Obi-Wan Kenobi's blue lightsaber when it's Anakin and then the glow from uh, Vader's red lightsaber when it turns to Vader. Mm. And you can see the the split personality and the conflict between the two. And it finally, finally tied together one of my biggest pet peeves of a plot hole, which is why, well, not really a plot hole, but why it happened. And it's in The New Hope, which is why why um, Obi-Wan Kenobi calls Vader Darth. And it ties it all together in a way where he really says, when my friend is truly dead and then calls him Darth as he leaves because he realizes, like Vader said, Anakin's gone. Mm -hmm. And when he says to Luke, that's another plot hole, obviously, that people assumed. But when he says to Luke, uh, your father died and he was murdered by Vader, you realize that it tied that whole dialogue between him and Luke and a new hope together in such a beautiful way. So I'd be remiss to not mention Obi-Wan Kenobi as at least an honorable mention. I know it's a TV series, but there was a fan that kind of cut out a bunch of stuff that didn't need to be there and made it a two hour movie. Yeah. And that watched really well, actually it worked really well. So that's worth a watch as well. If you can search that up, but that's it for my list. Okay. Honorable mentions a lot less than last time I had honorable mentions. Yep. That one on forever. <laughs> Indeed. But other than that, I guess that's it. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know in, you know, in the comments what your top five movie was movies were. And if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're obviously listening to this on the podcast, leave us a review and, and let us know your top five movies or just hit us up on, on YouTube and social media. We'd love to hear from you guys what you think your top five movies were. Did anybody else have Ninja Turtles in their top five? I want Probably to know not. that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, other than that, thank you guys so much for uh, listening and supporting us for 2022. We're excited to get right into 2023 and bring you some pretty wild uh, news and releases. And yeah, there's going to be a lot going on. So we're really excited to head into that year. And that is a wrap on this episode of Back to the Scene. Thanks for listening. It would mean the world to us if you left us a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you're listening. And if you guys want to reach out for anything, whether it's questions or ideas for the show, please make sure to hit us up. We'll have the email and all our socials in the description of this podcast.